Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On today's episode, better late than never, you know, usually I have these out on Wednesdays, but today is Thursday already. So, uh, but I wanted to share this with you and I wanted to be sure to continue the series about self-belonging in December because I keep hearing and reading how everybody is feeling exhausted and a bit burned out, but looking forward, looking forward to holidays uh, if you celebrate them in December, and looking forward to a break if you teach at a school that has a December break. And so I, I wanted to be able to share my learning and my observations about self-belonging. Last week I talked about polyvagal theory and how our bodies react and how that is so involved with self-belonging and managing our emotions and understanding how our body tries to keep us safe. And when we understand that, we're better able to react and interact with the situations that are in front of us, which ends up being much healthier. This week, I want to start by reading a post that has been published by EduMatch. Uh, it's a post that I wrote uh, related to self-belonging. And so I'm going to ac actually read from the post and afterwards just dis discuss a little bit about the kind of actions that you can take right now in order to find your sense of self-belonging. So. Here's the post. It's entitled, Self-Belonging for Educators, Learning to Fly, F.L.Y. First, Love Yourself, and then Soar. And a little bit later, I'll talk about what Soar is. Have you ever had the feeling that you weren't as skilled as other teachers you work with? Maybe you thought they had more experience than you, or the way you teach isn't much different or better than your colleagues. Have you also told your students that each of them is special? Have you pointed out their strengths, their superpowers, and pointed out examples that you noticed? Do you see the disconnect between your inner perspective versus your outer perspective? Let me tell you a personal story about that. All the time I was growing up, my fan, family, friends, and many of my teachers noted how patient and calm I was. They encouraged me to think about becoming a teacher, but I rejected their advice because I believed I didn't have the ability to support my students equally. I was convinced I couldn't be a perfect teacher. After all, I might let my students down by not knowing how to teach them, and as a result, they would fail. Do you know why I thought this way? I lacked self-confidence, self-esteem, and self-worth. I lacked a sense of self-belonging. 
Fast forward to 1996 and a 40-year-old wiser me. Although I lacked a degree in education, I believed I could do the job because I knew I could figure out what gaps I had in pedagogy and teaching methods and find ways to fill them in. I also knew I'd find a way to get my certification because my students were depending on me to know what I was doing. A few years later, I completed my certification in ESL and a year after that, I became the elementary principal at the school I was hired at in 1996 to teach grade three. Taking on the role of principal wasn't an easy process. In fact, the board of trustees at the private school where I taught interviewed me and their questions led me to believe they had doubts about whether I could handle the move from teacher to administrator. In fact, the owner of the school asked me how I would handle the situation if a teacher who had more years of experience than me questioned my ability to lead. I responded that I had a wonderful rapport with all of my colleagues and, when in doubt, I would fake confidence. That might sound strange, but it's true. Staff needs to believe their leader has the confidence to take charge and make the tough decisions. They also want to be sure their principal will be a buffer between them and the parents and sometimes the admin. You probably have two questions right now. What changed my mind about teaching? Remember when I was growing up, I didn't want to teach. And how did I feel confident enough to answer the school owner the way that I did? What changed about me in the 20 years after I graduated high school was my self-belonging. I began to realize that I was getting in my own way because I lacked a sense of self-belonging. All self-words that sum up how we feel about ourselves, so our self-concept, but even more than that. It took me many years, but I finally began compiling a list of all my accomplishments, strengths, and superpowers. I had overcome a lot in my life, but never took the time to pause, reflect, appreciate, and celebrate. Once I did, I felt empowered. Now, I want everyone, young and old, to feel their sense of self-belonging. I want you all to soar, but you have to fly. First, love yourself. You can start your journey to self-belonging now. Here are some first steps. The S in soar means self-discovery. The O means opportunity to grow. The A means appreciate yourself and make sure you're hanging out with others who appreciate you without judgment. And R is for reach out to ensure we leave our mark on the world with our legacy. A Little bit more about self-discovery. It's your first step to self-belonging once you embrace yourself, the good and the not so good. By first loving yourself, wrap your arms around yourself and give yourself a big hug right now you are in the present and noticing yourself. You're noticing what talents you have, your ability to navigate the world and work, your resilience in the face of obstacles, and the care, empathy, and compassion that's built into everything you do. After all, teachers can't survive without it. This might take some time, but once you start listing it all, your heart will swell with a sense of self accomplishment. Next, give yourself the opportunity to grow. We're not perfect, 
and no one should expect us to be, including ourselves. We have many chances to improve, fill in the gaps, and learn more. Take advantage of those opportunities. Join an organization that supports your interests like I did with ISTE. I wanted to know more about EdTech and network, networking with others who had the same interests. I'm also a member of TESOL International and on the leadership team of the Refugee Concerns Intersection. I have an amazing online PLN that supports my growth every day. You can too. Appreciate. Appreciate and embrace your true, authentic self. Acknowledge that you're on a journey to discover yourself and find people who support you on your journey without judgment. I have a wonderful support network that includes a few people who make me feel good about myself and will listen when I don't feel so great. They listen for understanding and not for responding. They value me and validate my feelings and are willing to let me know if I'm making missteps. Finally, reach out to others and find your niche. What are you passionate about? How will you leave your mark on the world and make it a better place than you found it? What will your legacy be? Becoming a good answer, Sester, is your way to give back to your community, local and global. Use your superpowers to benefit others. Talk about feeling empowered, wow. My legacy is mentoring and coaching refugee teachers and leaders around the globe. What will yours be? Why am I so passionate about self-belonging? Well, it all boils down to the fact that we cannot have happy and healthy personal or professional relationships without it. And truthfully, and this isn't in the blog post, truthfully, if you don't have a sense of self-belonging, your life can sort of be kind of miserable because you're constantly focusing on what you can't do and that self-doubt and that negative self-talk rather than the things you can do and how you can feel empowered. And so when I first started on my journey, that's exactly what I started doing. My journey to self-belonging began with all the things that I had accomplished not the things that I still needed to do or the things that I did poorly or the mistakes that I made. I thought about the things that I had done that maybe others had done, but that I had done in my own way. So things like leading a staff who were, um, who were looking for someone who would value each and every one of them rather than favoring some and leaving some to the side. Uh, looking at, at individual teachers, at individual team members, as what their strengths were, and tapping them on the shoulder, or as my, my friend Eva says, kicking them in the butt, and letting them know that they did have the possibility of being a leader, that they did have those leadership qualities. And I worked in an all girls school with all female teachers and staff and I want to tell you the number of times teachers and assistant teachers and others in the building when I would point out or ask them to do a task or ask them if they would lead a program or 
do something um, to, to take up the slack to help me out, which would be a leadership role, to be head of department or head, head of the, the team, uh, the grade level team, that how many times they would sit down with me and say, ah, Eileen, I don't think I can do that. You really sure? What do you see in me that you think that I can do that? Because I don't know. I mean, I come in here, I teach every day, and yeah, that's great. Love my students, but I don't know that I have anything to bring to the table, anything to bring to that role. What do you see in me? And so we would have a discussion, and I would point some things out, things that they already knew about themselves, but things that they never noticed. And they felt so empowered. I want to say that I would probably, well, it's probably more than I know, but at least half a dozen people who moved either from assistant teaching assistant positions to becoming a teacher uh, by, by taking undergraduate courses, completing their degrees, uh, people who I had uh, tapped on the shoulder, who I'd seen the potential of being the teacher in the classroom rather than, than the assistant, although assistants are really important. Every once in a while you find somebody who's an assistant who would just be wonderful as a teacher. And also teachers who became teacher leaders, who became principals, who continue to be leaders in different schools now or leaders, leaders elsewhere. So that's why I say sometimes it, you need someone else to point it out to you. But if you take this journey, you will definitely feel empowered and see that potential in yourself. Take the time to reflect and think about all of the things that you've accomplished in your life. It could be personal, it could be professional, it could be a, comp a combination of both. I, I also looked at the kinds of things that I had done. Like for instance, people would say to me, oh my goodness, Eileen, you moved halfway across the world and got married and raised three children and lived in a different culture and learned a new language. And I, I, would, say to my, I would say to them, oh yeah, you know, that didn't seem, until they said it, didn't seem really that unusual. Um, but the more they, they talked about it, uh, the more I thought, well, yeah, that is something different. Not everybody can do it. Now, I also said, well, I followed the love of my life, and perhaps I didn't know what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but there was a lot of work involved in order for me to feel like I was, you know, I, w I felt that sense of belonging here, and I feel like I'm at home when I'm in Kuwait. So, yes, so I did accomplish that. And there are other things in my life that I've accomplished, and including the new book that I have out, which was... A courageous, it, it was courageous on my part, really, being vulnerable and, and putting some stories out there that, and sharing them with the world that I wasn't sure that I'd ever be able to share. Personal things, because I, I am a very private person. And so I, I feel that's a huge accomplishment. And remember, it's a journey. That's why I call it a journey to belonging. It's a journey, it's a process. 
we're always, you know, we're lifelong learners. We're always going to be on this journey. Give yourself grace. Sometimes we're going to have those self-doubts creep in and that's okay. Sometimes we're going to forget that we've accomplished so much. Some days aren't going to be as good as others. Don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, it's a journey and if you want to start somewhere, remember, you have to fly in order to soar. You have to first love yourself before you can, and that's part of your self-discovery, right? That's the S of soar. So you're, if, you, if you first love yourself and you start to fly, you're already on your journey to soar. And then you take the opportunity to grow, you appreciate and embrace your true self the things that you love, the things that you're passionate about, not the things that you think others will, will think of you well. Remember, we don't want judgment. And then you're able to reach out to others and have those healthy relationships and also leave your legacy, leave your mark on the world. And I know all of you can do it. I know all of you are. And many of you are already probably started on this journey. And so take a look at the things that I've suggested and reach out to me with your comments, your feedback, your questions. Uh, is this helpful to you? Uh, does it resonate with you? And if you need somebody to tap you on the shoulder or kick you in the butt to get you going, I'm the person to reach out to. So I want everybody to have a wonderful week. And until next week, this is Journeys to Belonging. And I will see you online. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.